0: quiet of the Lord further has the man come here yet and the Lord answer there he is hidden among the equipment so they ran and brought him from there and when he stood among the people he was taller than any of the people from his shoulders upward and Samuel said to all the people do you see him whom the Lord has chosen that there is no one like him among all the people. So all the people shouted and said, Long live the king. Then Samuel explained to the people the behavior of royalty. And he wrote in a book and laid it before the Lord. And Samuel sent all the people away, every man to his own house. And Saul went home to Gibeah, and the valiant men went with him whose hearts God had touched. But some rebels said, how can this man save us? So they despised him and brought him no presents. but he held his peace. Paul is, uh, Saul is not only humble, he's patient. He's holding his peace. Last week, we talked a little bit about Saul prophesying with the prophets. And what he prophesied, what his words are, we do not know what they were. But we hear Samuel speak forth for God, and we know Samuel's words, for they're recorded for us. And how the Lord brought Israel up out of Egypt, delivered the, them from the Egyptian, delivered them out of slavery, and also delivered them from all the kingdoms who oppressed them. That's a pretty good track record. God has been faithful. And that's what God is saying to him. I have been faithful to you, Israel. And then God says, however, conclusion, today you have rejected me. Even though I, your Lord God, saved you from all your adversaries and all your tribulation, you you rejected me by desiring a king from among your own people. God reminds Israel. I have been your savior. I have been faithful. I have delivered you. And your reaction is, give us a king. And for God, this is like a slap in the face. And if you can read this carefully, you see that it breaks the heart of God that his people reject him. This is one of those times where we see the emotions of God Very plainly. And whenever you and I seek a new king for our lives, God feels rejected. In fact, he won't take a second position in our life. He will either be God or he will step back. We prosper. Our Lord delivers us, blesses us. And if we're not careful, we can react by offending God. We can become devoted to our blessings. We can begin to cherish uh, those things that we have desired. We can begin to pick and choose how we will begin to serve God. And that should never be a choice once we come to know the living God. It should never be a choice, will I serve God, but how do I serve God? A very mature prayer for any of us is, Lord, if this prosperity that I see on the horizon, this thing that I desire, if it leads me away from you or changes my heart towards you, then don't give me my desires. Don't give them to me. If it's going to change me in a way that puts you in any secondary position, God, keep it from me. We don't pray that way, though, do we? Because our desires usually consume us. Have you ever come to the conclusion that God blesses me as much as I can stand? Are you in trouble financially? Maybe you can't stand prosperity. (laughs) God only blesses us as much as we're able to stand. Israel, at this time in their history, they have floundered for years under the judgeship rule and the judgeship system. Because everybody has been doing right in their own eyes. Samuel comes on the scene, a prophet of God, and he begins to guide and direct the people as God would have them. And Israel has a pattern in this time they would sin, they would repent, and God would deliver. And it, it goes on and on. But now Israel has a conclusion we want a king like the other nations around us. And it breaks the heart of God. In fact, God says to Samuel, they haven't rejected you, Samuel. They've rejected me. Being rejected by someone you love when they choose to love another or begin to phase you out of their life Is what has happened to God by Israel. His own special people. They were a motley group that he brought together and made them into a people, a nation. And now they're rejecting him saying, we want a king to rule over us, not you, God. And it doesn't sit well with God. It just shows God's love and patience with us that he doesn't just turn his back on Israel, but he will work with Israel, even in their state where they're disloyal to him. However, Saul, later he will turn, you know, the end story of Saul, but in his early years, he is humble before God. He's humble before the prophet Samuel. And it's, and that at this time in Saul's life, that he is a delight before God and before Israel. And we don't usually look upon Saul that way because we know the end results of Saul. But there's a New Testament guy I want to redirect your attention to, and his name is Peter. And Peter is an easy target. <laughs> in all his blunders before the Lord... But after the day of Pentecost, when he has been filled with the Holy Spirit, we have a new Peter. Peter, when he was asked by Jesus three times, do you love me, Peter? He can only respond to Jesus, Lord, you know all things. You know that I can't say that I agape you, Lord, but you know I can say I love you like a brother. And Peter has a brotherly love, but the command didn't change. Feed my sheep, Peter, if you're even fond of me, feed my sheep. And Peter obeys the three command by God of feeding his sheep. Peter, shortly after being filled with the Holy Spirit, he preaches a couple sermons there on Solomon's porch. And in his first sermon, 3,000 people Become followers of Christ. 3,000. He does another sermon shortly thereafter. And 5,000 come to the Lord at that sermon. That's called an evangelist. (laughs) But this boldness of Peter. Along with John. Causes them to be arrested. By the Jewish high priest. So let me read for you Acts 4. You may want to turn there. Acts 4 and we'll look at verses 13 through 22. Somebody hides my water, not because of a little hunter Joe. Acts 4, verses 13 through 22. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name the name of Jesus. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And so when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man uh, was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. We have the three-time denying Peter. As a disciple... When filled with the Holy Spirit, a complete turnaround. Jesus, in John's gospel, chapter 15, uh, verse 10, he tells us how to demonstrate our love of him. It's not a mystery how to please our Lord. In John 15, 10, Jesus says, "'If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love.'" just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. We, as believers, show our love of Jesus the same way the disciples showed their love, obeying his commandments. Obedience, simple and straightforward. We don't have to search for ways of how to show our love or how to respond to Jesus' love to us. Being a faithful Christian is simple. Study, learn his word, and then obey his word. There it is, the secret to a successful Christian life. Know the word, live the word. Jesus told us, abide in my love. Keep my commandments. And Jesus said, just in the same manner that I have kept my Father's commandments. In the very next verse, we have Jesus giving us a promise. And he said, these things I have spoken to you, I've told you, my disciples, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus has just told a Christian world how to be happy. Abide in Him. Obey His commands. Jesus has given us the secret to an abundant life. It's a formula for joy. And who doesn't want to be joyful? Abide in His love. Peter puts this principle into effect shortly after the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit has come upon the 120 believers there waiting in the upper room, and it's, the Holy Spirit is accompanied by the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Have you ever watched the news after a tornado has gone through some area, and they they will find the most colorful person they can find on their newscast it sounded like a freight train coming right through my house you know this mighty rushing wind and uh it's sort of comical but i don't know where they find them but they always do but anyway on the day of pentecost we have a group of 120 people speaking in tongues of all the different languages of the known world at that area telling of the wonderful works of God and now the new church, these new group of believers, they will explode and they will reach the entire world through the power of the Holy Spirit Peter and John, they're simply being obedient to God's leading and his commands there is a lame man who sits at the temple gate and he begs for alms. We're told that he would sit there every day begging for alms. He's a man that's been crippled crippled since birth, and he sees Peter and John, and he asks for alms. Have you ever thought about this a little bit? This is the same temple gate that Jesus went through many times. Jesus saw this same crippled man but we have here the element of God's timing it wasn't God's timing to heal that man by Jesus but Jesus heals him through Peter and John he didn't leave the man in that state Peter says to the crippled man it's interesting silver and gold I do not have sometimes it's better for us to be broke Peter says I don't have anything I can give you except I what I will give you is the power of God upon your legs and Peter then takes him by the hand lifts him up and the man is healed the man isn't healed before Peter lifts him up there was boldness in Peter he takes him by the hand lifts him up and then he's healed This healing of this known cripple, it draws a crowd there in Jerusalem, right there at Solomon's porch. And then Peter preaches the crucifixion and resurrection, and 3,000 people come to know the Lord. This outbreak of empowerment by the Holy Spirit upon Peter and John does not escape the attention of, Of the religious force there in Jerusalem. The priest, the high priest, and the Sanhedrin, all of them, they confer now against Peter and John. Remember how it says they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, and this this council marvels. That God is using these untrained men. And then they say, and they realize that Peter and John had been with Jesus. You can't hide that. If you've been with Jesus, it will show. And they see this man that's been healed, and he's standing there with them, and it takes away their argument, for they can say nothing against it they realize that a great miracle has happened. But note, Peter, the three-time denier, along with John, they're more than bold. Their behavior just cries out, look at us. Their obedience to the Holy Spirit is bringing revolution to the Jewish system of religion. The Sanhedrin acknowledges Peter and John are uneducated, untrained, and all they can say is Peter and John have been with Jesus, and that's enough. If people will say that about you and I, we can have an influence on this world. If they can say that we have been with Jesus, no better thing can be said. But the chief priests and the council, they're in a quandary. They can't deny the miracle. They see the former crippled man standing there with Peter and John. And the evidence of God abiding with Peter and John is right there before them in this man. And the council comes to a decision. And they command Peter and John, speak or teach no more in the name of Jesus. And this is Peter, the one that denied Jesus three times, and I love what he has to say. Whether it is right in the sight of God, not in the sight of man, but in the sight of God, to listen to you more than to God, will you decide? For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. In other words, we cannot do anything but be obedient. So do with us what you please. The obedience issue in Peter and John is no longer a choice. We cannot but speak the things of God. We can't be silent. We must declare the goodness of God and the purposes of God. And you know what God's purpose was? to heal the lame man and for salvation to go out to the Jewish people and Peter is faithful to preach his sermons and they throw back the answer on this council that is threatening them and they say you determine it's up to you fellows if we should listen to you more than to God What is the council to do? They can't deny the miracle has happened. Well, later on, just a few weeks later, Peter and John are arrested again. And their answer to the council is noteworthy. And that's in Acts 5, 29. And they simply say, we ought to obey God rather than man. There you are. The lesson here is we can never be a strong witness for God without the Holy Spirit in our lives. You just can't do it. And the Holy Spirit, if we will allow him, he will remove the fear of man. Look what he did for Peter. Look what he did for Peter. Now, what are some of the fears that... Grip us. Public speaking is one of the most fearful times for many Christians. Believe it or not, it was for me. I had to deal with that right up front. I truly battled leading a Bible study until God exposed my fear for what it was before him. God, in essence, spoke to me, I was to fear him and not to fear how my great teaching was coming across. It sounds foolish, but that's where I was. Today, we live in a climate of silence that is forced on many Christians in our workplace in our uh, socializing, you know, you will hear things said at barbecues and family uh, get-togethers and things like that. We don't discuss politics. We don't discuss religion, you know. We'll just be a bunch of mamby pambies and uh, life just slide by. I was proud of my wife. She doesn't Well, I think she maybe knows now because I've said something, but she was going to a meeting where there was a bunch of different companies meeting, and it was a professional organization type meeting, and she was asked to open in prayer. Yeah, a business meeting, open in prayer. I had one question for her. How did you close your prayer? In the name of Jesus. I said, a girl. <laughs> if nothing else is said, that was enough. In the name of Jesus. We still have opportunities. They're still out there. To be bold for Jesus. But don't try to do it in your own strength. We have the Holy Spirit who will lead and guide us. Amen. Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. Father, you tell us that if we desire your spirit, all we have to do is ask you for the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we're asking. We're coming before you. We want to be bold for you. We don't want to be timid or shy. We don't want to miss an opportunity to speak forth of your goodness, whether it be to one or just a couple But even if it's for a multitude, we want to be bold for your kingdom, Lord. And so, Lord, we look for you to give us opportunities to be obedient to you, to be a witness unto you, Lord. You tell us in Acts 1-8, you know, that when we receive the Holy Spirit, we will have the power to be a witness. And we want that power to be a witness for you, Jesus. We want a witness for you because, one, we know it's right. We know it's the right thing to do. But we want to do it because you've shown us such great love. And we want to respond to that love. So help us, Lord. Help us to walk in your spirit and be that good witness unto you. Whatever we're doing, wherever we're going, Lord. Let us us have that joy of being a witness for you. So help us, Lord. And fill us with your spirit afresh and anew. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.